So today I just want to encourage you to trust God in the middle of the storms. That's, that's my message today, trust God in the storms. Um, the truth is that storms come, that's a fact, that is what happens, storms come in life. And it's not about resisting the storms or, or, or staying away from them. It's about what you do when you're in the storm that counts, right? So let's see what Jesus and his disciples did in the middle of a storm in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. Okay, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. And he did this because the crowds were like bombarding him. He was exhausted and needed to get away from people. (laughs) Okay, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. You know, when you're a pastor, I can understand this. (laughs) Um, Other boats followed. Yep, here come the people. And it's a joy and a privilege. Um, But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Now, like, don't think I'm weird, but I did not know that they had cushions in those days. Like, 2,000 years ago, I thought Jesus' head would be, like, on a boulder or, like, a rock or something. Yeah, and I know it's not advisable to have boulders and boats, but, like, cushion. They had cushions 2,000 years ago. Genius. Who knew? Anyway, the disciples woke him up. Shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, or in another translation, peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Why do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. (laughs) Who is this man? They said to each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. They're still getting to know Jesus here, aren't they? Um, But I I think the first thing to note in this story here is that everyone on this boat was a believer, or meant to be, (laughs) right? Everyone on the boat was a believer, a follower of Jesus. So this story here gives us um, a good picture, a good illustration of how believers might respond when they find themselves in a stormy situation. Okay, so first of all, we've got one group of people. I mean, these are skilled fishermen, right? So some of them are probably responding with their skill, saying, we can handle this storm. We're going to deal with this in our own strength. We don't need Jesus. He can stay asleep in the bottom of the boat. We're going to get through this storm. Some, some of us as believers do that, don't we? That's our response um, to the storms in life. I'm just going to handle this on my own, even though I've got access to the living, awesome God who created all things and is all-powerful and all-wise and all-present. I'm just going to handle this on my own because I've got the skills. That's, that's kind of the, the, the way that some of us react sometimes, isn't it? Um, and, and there's others. I think Thomas was one of these ones, doubting Thomas. You know, he doubted that Jesus had risen from the dead until he saw the holes in his hands. Um, I think Thomas was just hiding he was like doubting there was even a storm. I'm just going to hide. I'm just going to hide away from it, <laughs> bury my head in the sand. Some of us can be like that sometimes, can't we? You know, some of us are like, I'm going to deal with this with my skill, my way. Others are, I'm just going to bury my head in the sand, pretend this isn't even happening. <laughs> um, others, there's another group of, of believers. Total panic. Ah! <laughs> Running around the boat. <laughs> Think, no, it's not, Claire. You're a woman of faith. <laughs> 
running around the boat. Ah, we're going to drown. Some believers are like that. I could give you a list of names of people that I, I know that are like that, but I'm not going to. Andy Am, Steve Carey, Jeff Wood. No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> because they're more like Jesus. And, and this was the last, there was one person, one person whose response was very clear. And that response was a response of trusting God. Do you think that Jesus didn't know there was a storm going on? Of course he did. But he was asleep in the bottom of the boat with his head on a cushion. Very comfortable, not phased by the storm that was going on around him. And if we're going to have peace in the midst of storms, then we have got to trust God. We could take a leaf out of Jesus' book and, and, and respond to storms in our life just like Jesus did. Um, so, in fact, you know, if we're believers, then actually we're not living as believers when we don't trust God. We're no different to people in the world around us. And we, when we try and sort things out entirely in our own strength, when we, we hide away, bury our head in the sand, sand, pretend it's not going on, people do that, uh, or when we run around in total panic. You know, and there is a lot going on in the, our world right now, isn't there, um, that we could be panicking about. And, uh, and I've seen the response of, of believers in, in all three of these different ways, but I've also seen people who, who are just trusting God. Who, who are committed to walking by faith and trusting God. We live by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Um, so we're called to be different to the world around us. Pe- people around us don't know God. They don't know the living God who is that very present help in time of need. Um, and that's why Jesus challenged his, um, his disciples regarding their faith. I mean, he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Come on, believers, believe, is what Jesus said. It says in Proverbs 10, verse 25, when the storms of life come, behave, Lyndon. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. Isn't that great? Because Jesus is the rock. On which I stand, Jesus is the rock. On which I stand, oh Jesus is the rock. On which I stand, He washed my sins away when He died for me. Okay. So when the storms of life come, I've got the Jeff anointing. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. It doesn't say if the storms of life. Unfortunately, it says when. So storms do come. So let's look at Jesus because I think it's better in this example to look at Jesus than the disciples. Uh, Let's look at Jesus in the midst of the storm to see the result of walking by faith, to see the result of trusting in God. Number one, Jesus had peace in the midst of the storm. If you're making notes, number one, Jesus had peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus knew who he was. He was God's son. That's a massive deal. When storms come, just knowing that you are God's son is really important. He was watched over and he was protected by his heavenly father. And those who have put their faith in Christ have become children of God. You know, you put your faith in Jesus. You repent of your sin. That means you turn your back on your old life, your sin. You put your faith in Jesus. And in that very moment, you're 
the core of who you are. Your spirit man is made alive to God. You are, the Bible says, born again. You're born of God. You've become alive to God internally. Your spirit has become alive to God. And that part of you that will live for eternity because you're now alive to God will live for eternity with God in heaven. You're a child of God, you are watched over, you are loved, and you are protected by your heavenly Father. And as as God's children, we can know his peace in the midst of storms, in the midst of the storms of life. So in John chapter 14, um, Jesus speaks about going away. He told his disciples, I mentioned this just now, he told his disciples that they wouldn't be left as orphans, they wouldn't be on their own, um, but that the Holy Spirit would be with them all always. And the result of having God, the Holy Spirit, in their lives and in our lives is that we have peace in the midst of this stormy world. John 14 verse 27 says, I am leaving you with a gift. You know, when someone offers you a gift, what do you have to do? Take it it and say thank you. Okay, right. So when someone offers you a gift, you take it. You take the gift, right? So Jesus said to his disciples, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Peace of mind and heart. Wow. Just think about it. What an incredible gift that is in this world. There are people in this world who are billionaires, who have it all, who are the most famous, successful people, yet they don't have this. They don't have this gift peace of mind and heart. People would pay for that gift. They would pay a lot of money for that gift. Yet we have this awesome privilege of being able to present that gift that God wants to give to every single human being um, through the good news of Jesus, peace of mind and heart. So let's make sure that we are doing that as best we can in this world. And Jesus said, the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. It carries on. Okay, so, uh, and then um, in Scripture, when Joshua became the leader of the children of Israel, so after Moses had brought them out of Egypt, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, Joshua became a leader of a new generation of the children of Israel who would then move into the land that God had promised them, this land of rest, this this incredible picture of, of what we have been given as those who have put our faith in Christ. We now live in this land of rest that God um, always had there for us. And and the children of Israel couldn't really have true rest because that was just a natural land. But the moment you put your faith in Jesus, you move into that land of rest. We have this rest. And the Bible says that we should be diligent to enter into God's rest. So again, it takes faith, doesn't it? It it takes us being people that, that don't Uh, react like the world does when we go through storms, but we step in, simply step in by faith into the rest of God. Amen? So anyway, um, Joshua became the leader of the children of Israel. He was about to face many storms. He was about to face many battles. And God said these words to him, Joshua 1 verse 9, be, come on, let's shout it out, be strong and of good courage. Ha! Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, there are songs that I could sing there as well. 
But we're reminded in Hebrews 13.5 of these words that God said to Joshua, this commitment that Joshua uh, was given by God. Um, and it's the same commitment that God has given us. Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, I will never leave you. I will never fail you, in another version, nor forsake you. So nor abandon you. Is that one not on the screen, Lyndon? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Thank you, Lyndon. <laughs> I will never leave you. I, never, I will never fail you, nor will I forsake you or abandon you. Okay, so first of all, Jesus had peace in the midst of storms. Secondly, from a place of peace, Jesus rebuked the winds. Jesus rebuked the winds. So, the winds that were, were stirring up the waves... I, I think this speaks of demonic forces that were, were stirring the waves to beat against the boat. So imagine your life as a boat and circumstances as waves. Sometimes what's behind circumstances is demonic forces. Remember in John 10 verse 10, Jesus said, um, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. And so, so there is a devil. The devil is real. And the devil has one mission, to steal, kill, destroy. And so sometimes behind the stuff that goes on in life, behind the circumstances that we go through, there are demonic forces that are stirring things up. And uh, we have to be aware of that. As Christians, we, we can be aware of that. So the waves were beaten against the boat. So that's sometimes that's the people that beat against your life sometimes, the, the, the situations, the circumstances that are coming against us. And perhaps, in fact, often, they're not evil in themselves. The people aren't the, the bad guy. It's what's behind them sometimes that's the bad guy, right? Um, you know, it, it's often the demonic forces behind what's happening. And, and so often we'll try and deal with the person, we'll deal with the situation that's beating against our life. Um, when we should probably be going to the, the root cause, the spiritual cause. And, and by the way, just to be very clear, I'm not speaking about domestic abuse. If someone's beaten against your life in that sense, you need to, to speak to someone and get help immediately because you should not be in that situation, just to be very clear. Um, but the waves that were beaten against the boat, the, the things that were coming against that boat... Um, if the winds weren't dealt with, those waves would keep coming against the boat. You understand? It's just cause and effect, isn't it? You know, wind blows, waves crash. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 12 says this. A final word. Apostle Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, finishing up here. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places, or in the spiritual realm. So, I haven't got time today to teach on the subject of spiritual warfare, but... I think the key thing that we must remember is who we are, we're God's children, and that we have the armor of God. And this suit of armor that we have, this is essentially a defensive suit. 
um, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. That's all defensive. I, I think the shoes of the gospel of peace, they're slightly offensive. Um, you know, they're attack shoes because uh, the gospel of peace, the light of God, we're called to go into this world, aren't we? Um, but there is one weapon that we've been given that truly is a weapon of attack, and that's the sword of the Spirit. And that is the Word of God. Um, the Word of God. And when I say the Word of God, um, I'm not talking about just words on a page, the Bible. I'm talking about um, the, the, the very wisdom uh, and the essence of who God is which is revealed through these pages, but being rooted deeply in our hearts so that when attack comes, we can draw on that revelation knowledge that we have of who God is and what God says. And then, and then when you repeat the words that are in the Bible, that does, it's not just you saying words, um, hoping that something might happen, but that's you saying words from a place of conviction that are words of life to you, that you understand are the living word of God. Amen? Okay. So, whoo! So, so it's important that we get the word of God rooted deeply in our hearts. Um, I spoke on forging last week in, in our Portsmouth congregation. I think that that is a process of forging that has to take place. And by the way, um, if you want to take a year out starting September, if you want to take a year out starting in September, we'd love you to join Forge Ministry School. Uh, and Forge Ministry School is our um, it's a one-year course um, every weekday during the school term time. And uh, we're going to, from 9 o'clock in the morning till 12.30 every weekday, we're going to be teaching the Word of God and imparting the truth of God uh, and imparting the Spirit of God into the lives of those that attend Forge Ministry School. And we are very excited about doing that as well. Um, it's going to be absolutely amazing. We've, I think we've got uh, seven or eight applications in so far. I know of a couple more that are coming in. So I, I'm really happy that we've got a group of people that are committing a year of their lives to, to get more of God's Word. So that's just a little side point there. Um, so, so we can use the living Word of God to come against the winds, the spiritual, the demonic forces that stir up Sometimes people, sometimes just circumstances stir things up to beat against our lives. And the third point today, third and final point, although there's quite a lot to it, <laughs> um, is uh, from a place of peace, Jesus spoke to the waves. So second point was what? From a place of peace, Jesus rebuked the winds, and then he spoke to the waves. So he brought the peace that he carried in his heart um, to the things that were coming against him. So you've got to deal with the winds first, what's behind the waves. Otherwise, the waves will just continue to beat. You know, you can, you can speak peace to someone uh, who is, is um, you know, sort of coming against your life. But actually, unless you deal with what's behind it, then it will just keep happening, won't it? Um, so sometimes there's things that have been stirred up by the winds, the, the demonic forces that now need to be sorted and put back in order. So this could be a relationship. You may have had an argument with your wife or your husband, for example, and there may be an argument where things were said and it just wasn't, wasn't nice. And, um, and actually... They're not the bad guy. It's what's behind it sometimes. It's something that obviously, there's a place for counseling and a place to sort things out in relationships. But what I'm saying is, um, just by 
sort of prayer and dealing with maybe the, the stuff, the demonic stuff that's behind it, maybe there's still stuff that needs to be done to make that relationship right. As in, maybe you need to say sorry. <laughs> maybe you need to, to, to go out for a meal and have a talk and, and, and let things settle down and, and, and bring peace into your relationship. You know, sometimes if, if things were said and done that were hurtful, maybe you need to then come back to that. Not just pray into it, not just deal with the winds, but deal with the waves, if you see what I mean. Uh, maybe we need to, you know, if you've been sick and, and that sickness, um, uh, you know, you, you've prayed and, and you've um, rebuked the sickness, uh, then, then perhaps actually there's, there's time to, to now get fit again. Um, you, know, you need to spend time to rest and, and to rebuild your fitness. Um, sometimes you need to make changes about the way that you handle your personal finances. You know, so if you've had a gambling problem and that's become a habit in your life, um, you know, that, that's not a godly thing. That's a demonic thing. Um, and you may, may see breakthrough spiritually there, but now you have to retrain yourself and, and, and start to learn how to budget and handle money in a wise way. So you need help with that, perhaps. Uh, do you see what, what, what I'm saying here? Um, you know, you, you maybe need to establish a new routine that works for you. Put certain disciplines in place in your life. Um, maybe make yourself accountable to someone. There's such power in accountability because the devil can only work with things that are secret. If you've got secrets, then the devil can work in that. But if you've got no secrets, then the devil can't, can't, can't touch you. So, so make sure that you're accountable. And I think one key area is always forgiveness because often... Uh, you know, when, when there's storms around you and it feels like the waves are beating against the boat of your life um, and you deal with stuff and, 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 you know, the wind dies down. And th- sometimes you, you, you still need to deal with, with uh, the forgiveness side of things, the hurt that you've been caused. And, and let me just say to you, you have been forgiven much. God has forgiven you of everything instantly when you put your faith in Christ. Um, and, and so I believe that, that as Christians, um, the way that we should handle that is, is we're instant forgivers. And that's a challenge. I know it's a challenge sometimes. It's a, a real challenge for some people. But forgiveness must become a way of life for us. Letting things go. Not letting stuff get in your heart, but actually letting it slide off your life. I think it's so important because it can screw you up on the inside. Um, so ask God for wisdom. Ask God for help in these kind of situations, uh, whether it's in a relationship, maybe in your parenting, maybe in your finances. Okay, just a couple of questions to finish off. Um, you don't have to give answers, by the way. I'm going to ask the question, and then I'm going give, to give the answers. It's much easier that way because then you can't get asked awkward questions. Um, so, okay, so what happens when it seems like the storm isn't subsiding in your life? What should you do? Keep trusting God. Keep praying. Keep going. The peace that God gives us, even when the storm is raging all around us, is complete. So what I'm saying is, in the midst of the storm, you can still have peace even though there's not peace around you, you can still carry peace. And you're far better than dealing with the stuff that's going on around you if you're, person, if you're a person that's carrying the peace of God. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8. Great passage. It says, don't worry 
about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that you can understand. Lyndon? His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you learned and received from me. Everything that you have heard from me and saw me doing. Then the peace of God will be with you. Oh, that was verse 9. Didn't give you that one, did I, Lyndon? Then the peace of God will be with you. Isn't that great? So it's about, you know, a big part of it is about what you're thinking on, what you're allowing yourself to think on. Let's make sure we're thinking on godly things. Psalm 23, verse 5, you know, again, talking about how the storm can sometimes be raging all around you, but you can still have the peace of God. Psalm 23, verse 5 isn't on the screen either. And it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, David was declaring this. When, when, the, the, stuff's go, when the fight's going on around me, I'm sitting at your table, Lord. I'm enjoying your feast. I'm spending time with you. That's a great way to have the peace of God, isn't it? Okay, another question. What do I do when I don't feel like I've got enough faith? Good question, eh? Oh, thank you. Um, well, I think it's good that the disciples woke Jesus up. You know, they did get told off, where's your faith and all that. But actually, I think they did better to wake Jesus up than to just be destroyed in the storm, right? So, you know, make sure that you have got people on your journey of life with you who you can call on when you need help, when you are struggling. Um, Don't ask the audience, you know, who wants to be a millionaire. If you ask the audience, you get a lot of different opinions. Believe me, I'm a pastor. I know. That's why I'm not asking you to answer these questions, you see. Uh, If you ask the audience, you get a lot of different opinions. I'm sure your opinions would all be great, though. Um, You know, there's people that are, there are literally people that are watching your boat sink, uh, and they're just standing there watching your boat sink. They are not the right people to ask for help. Um, I think that the the very first thing we need to do is call on the name of Jesus. Ask Jesus for help. Psalm 116 verses 1 to 5 says, I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen. I will pray as long as I have breath. Death wrapped its ropes around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. That's what the disciples did, didn't they? Please, Lord, save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Here's another question for you. You're thinking, how long are these questions going to go on for? I'm nearly finished. Um, it's, like, it's the Jeff anointing. It's just like, yeah, say, so we're okay then, aren't we? So question, what happens when the storm, storm subsides, but there is damage to the boat of your life? Things just aren't the same. You know, we have all been through storms that have uh, affected us so dramatically that that 
things are just not going to be the same again. You know, that's often the case when, when we lose a loved one, isn't it? You know, I've walked with families that, that have just been through so much loss uh, and so much damage through the storms that have come uh, into their lives. Things are never going to be the same of, again. But again, let's keep trusting God. Because God can work in the brokenness. And in fact, some of the most beautiful things come out of a place of brokenness. He gives beauty for ashes. He gives the oil of joy for mourning. And God works in the brokenness. And God will bring healing. Sometimes you just have to hold on. You just have to hold on to God. Um, God does give beauty for ashes. Nothing is ever too broken or too damaged. Um, Ever heard of Kintsuki? It's the art of, of, you know, um, putting a, a broken vessel back together um, and using this, this gold kind of uh, glue, gold, to, to glue it back together. And so when it's put back together, it's got just these lines of gold all through it. And that's a beautiful picture of what God is able to do. Things that were once broken, put back together by God and, and made beautiful again in, in a different way, but, but still very, very beautiful and very valuable. Um, so nothing's ever too broken or damaged. You are not too broken or damaged. Restoration doesn't mean things will be the same. But God can bring beauty out of ashes. 1 Peter 5 verse 10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while. Again, we're not saying suffering doesn't happen. After you have suffered a little while. He will restore you, he'll support you, strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. Isn't that good to know? And last question. Um, What should I do when the storm has ceased? Well, our hope is in the Lord. And when we hope in the Lord, in other words, we actively put our faith in him, it's like an anchor that keeps us in a harbor of peace even though there's a storm going on all around us. We live in a stormy road, but we are of another kingdom. Amen. And so sometimes you need to lift your eyes up and see that everything that happens in this life, in this world, in this natural world, this is just a a speck in the light of eternity. Um, And God sees things that we don't see, doesn't he? Hebrews 6, verses 19 to 20 says this, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. I'll just stop stop there, just verse 19. Um, So you put your hope in Christ, and, and that's what brings you into this place of God's presence and God's peace when you put your hope in him. And I think the greatest thing we could do when the storm comes to an end is give God thanks and praise. You know, for every good thing that happens in our lives, God is the, the, the he's a good, good father, right? And, and in him, there is no shadow of turning. He is perfect in every way. Um, he is the father of lights. Amen. So every good and perfect thing that we have, it it comes from God. Um, Even though it comes from someone sometimes, even though sometimes things just seem to work out, let's always see who's behind the good things in our life, and that is God. 
Um, so we should always give God thanks and praise for his deliverance from the storm. Last scripture, Psalm 107, verses 28 to 32. Lord, help! They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. Let them exalt him publicly before the congregation and before the leaders of the nation. You know, there's a place for testimonies, isn't there? There's a place for testimonies. There's a place to declare the goodness of God. And, and let's make sure we're always doing that. You know, use the cards that we have here at church, praise reports. We, I think we should probably be having more praise reports than prayer requests. And, um, but keep the prayer requests coming too. Because, you know, it just, again, there's some very real things happening in very real lives. So in the midst of the storms, church, let's keep trusting God. And you will know his peace that passes understanding, filling your heart and filling your mind. And from that place of peace, you will be able to deal with the wind, those demonic forces that stir things up. You'll be able to deal with the waves, the results of, of the, 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 the wind blowing, those things that come against your life. And... And you will stand strong, and you will come through the storm. I just want to prophesy that over you. If you're going through a storm in your life right now, in Jesus' name, you will come through the storm. You're going to make it. And the damage that you feel like is being done to the boat of your life, God is there, and God is the restorer. And the truth is, things might not look the same, but God is your restorer. Amen? Praise God. You know, if you're... If, you're, um, if, if you haven't yet made a decision to follow Jesus, I hope you realize by now that he is the only way you can possibly have hope in this world. Um, he is the only possible thing that could ever satisfy your life. And if you haven't yet made a decision to accept Christ, what I mean by that is, is to simply say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe that he took my sin, all the mess in my life, all the stuff that I've ever done that doesn't meet God's perfect standard. I believe that he took my sin upon himself when he died on the cross. If you've never made that decision, then right now is your opportunity. We're going to pray a prayer together. And I'd just like you to bow your heads, please, this morning. And, uh, and close your eyes. And let's just talk to God now. And let's pray this prayer together. Would you just... Repeat after me. And, and if this is the first time you're saying this prayer, um, just, just mean this. Mean these words with all of your heart. Just say out loud, everyone together, Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and that you make me new. I surrender to you and I desire to walk your path for my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen.
praise God. Just keep your heads bowed just for a minute. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, you've just made your peace with God. You're at peace with God right now. Simply by praying that prayer and meaning it with all of your heart. And if that was you today, would you just do one more thing for me? Just where you're sitting, just raise your hand just so I can just see who you are today. Anyone here? You're here maybe for the first time. Maybe you've come back and you've come back and you've come back. But today you're making your peace with God. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Anyone else today? You've just made your peace with God. And this is just this is an opportunity just to be prayed for today. Thank you. Just to be prayed for and just to kind of restart. To say, right, this is it. This is the start of a, a new path, a new journey that I'm going to take in God. There's two hands. Thank you so much. Anyone else today? Okay, well, Lord, I just thank you for these two women who have raised their hands. I thank you, Lord, that this is a meaningful moment for them. Uh, And I I thank you, Lord, that you know everything about their lives and you love them. And uh, and I thank you, Lord, that that, um, by your your grace and at your pace, uh, Lord, the things that you want to help them with in their lives, Lord, you would be there and you'd help them with those things. Um, But right now, I just thank you that your grace has just been poured upon them. Lord, that you hold them in your loving arms, that you accept them completely. And that this is the start of a new day for them. In Jesus' name, amen.